Well, good morning, Grace. How you guys doing? You guys have a good time worshiping with the band? Okay, all right, all right. We're going to get started this morning, jump right back into our series, Ever Wonder Why. And what we're going to talk about this morning, I think for every Christian here, we've, we've had this struggle. Uh, and, and what we're going to talk about is really, why can't I stop? And now, when it comes to that, what we're talking about is our sin. And as a struggle, or as a Christian, no doubt you've had this struggle before in your life as a believer. Maybe you're like, just AJ, you know, I, I don't know, man, I just don't feel, I don't feel like I love, I love others like I should. Maybe you're like, man, AJ, I don't know, like even, man, my, my relationship with Jesus, like I just don't know, I, I don't feel like, man, I'm, I'm as close to him as what I should be, or I struggle to pray, and I struggle to spend time like reading the word and growing my relationship with God. Maybe you're like, when it comes to my relationship with God, and AJ, I'll be honest with you, I thought at this point in my life, I've been saved for a year, five, ten years, I gave my life to Christ back then, and man, I still struggle with those same sins. The sins that I, man, I, I just, I don't like. I hate them. You just got this feeling, man, why can't I just stop? Man, why can't I stop continually giving into those sins time and time and time again? I don't like what they made me become. Man, why can't I just stop? And I want to be the ideal Christian for my family. I want to be the ideal Christian for my, my kids, my wife, and even the place that I work. Man, but this sin and I just keep giving into it. I'm not the Christian I'm supposed to be. Well, it feels like maybe there's a war that's going on inside your heart. Well, I want to share with you guys something this morning. It kind of reminds me of a classic novel that I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of before by Robert Louis Stevenson called Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You guys heard of it before? Okay. All right. Good. You guys. Okay. Great. All right. So here's kind of how, if you haven't heard of it, here's how the story essentially goes just in a, in a nutshell, all right? Dr. Jekyll, uh, he's a fine, upstanding citizen. He's respected in the community. He's generally a good guy. Um, but he has an issue that's going on inside of him. Inside of him is this battle. There's a battle between what is good and what's bad. And it bothers him so much to the point that uh, it just seems like the bad part is always taking over the good. And he wants to be good. He wants to do good. But it's like the bad just keeps overtaking that. And so he develops this potion, and during the daytime, he takes it to make, you know, to, to make him good. And so he kind of tames the bad, but then at night, Mr. Hyde comes out, and it's all bad, right? That evil part comes out, and what he finds out is this. He find, Dr. Jekyll finds out that Mr. Hyde, that evil side, is way more evil than what he thought. And he can't control it. He can't contain it. And it causes him to do some crazy things. He gets angry, like really, really easy, gets upset, gets mad, gets spiteful, gets jealous. He even murders people. I mean, Dr. Jekyll hates it. He can't stand it. But in reality, it's who he is. Now, what does that have to do maybe with the message today and life of every believer in here? You see, I think every Christian has this struggle, this struggle of doing what's right and honoring God, and then the other side of not honoring God and living in sin and just doing our own thing for life. It's like there's two people, two different forces inside of us, which kind of is. Now, if you are a Christian, that's this. You've understood your sin. You've trusted what Jesus did on the cross was payment for your sin. 
totally believing in Jesus alone to save you, then yeah, you're a Christian. And you have what's called, the first thing is the spirit inside of you. That's that part of us that desires to follow God in, in every aspect of life. We'll spend time with God in prayer, spend time with God reading the word and growing in our faith. I mean, it wants to share the love of Jesus with other people. It wants to be a witness for him. It wants to do good and, and honor God in every way. That, again, is the Spirit's influence in our heart. Romans 8 9 tells us that that's when that comes in, when we give our life to Christ. But there's another side. There's another side that completely opposes God. It's a side that doesn't want anything to do with God. And in fact, if God says to do it and the Word says to do it, it wants to do the total opposite. It wants to run in the opposite direction. It's prideful, right? It's that greedy thing inside of our heart. And sadly, it leads us to give in to those same temptations that we've struggled with for years and years and years. That honestly leads us to ask the question, man, why can't I stop? Now, I keep giving in to this thing time and time again, and there's, you know, the good and honoring God and following him, but then there's that bad part of me that just wants to do what AJ wants to do, and I keep giving in to it. Why can't I stop? And it's like, again, a war that's going on between us, between the bad and the good. It drives us crazy. I mean, we continue time and time again to, to fail in this thing. And, and the issue is this. Maybe you're like, you know, AJ, I just, what I don't get about it is I've been saved for, you know, so many years. And I thought by now, man, I thought by now that that temptation, that sin, that struggle, I, mean, I thought it would be in the past. I didn't think that would be a struggle anymore. And I thought that I would, like, honor God more. And that, that would be something in the past. Maybe you've even felt this. And I thought, man, if I was a, a true believer, and if I was really a Christian, and I thought by now, like, man, I have victory over this. It wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a thought. Or maybe you feel like you're just completely lost in that, like, what Jesus did on the cross, man, maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe it wasn't enough to really save you. You feel like, man, maybe I, man, I gave my life, I gave my life to Christ, you know, five years ago, but, man, AJ, maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe, maybe I didn't because this struggle is still going on today. Well, here's the deal. Every Christian in this room, in fact, every Christian that's ever lived has had that struggle in their life. So for some reason, if you feel alone, you feel like, man, that's, I feel like I'm like singled out here, AJ. I think that like you're picking on me. Every single Christian has this battle going on inside of them. And here's the good news that we're going to look at today. There's a guy named Paul. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament, was the Christian of Christians, was a missionary, started churches, uh, was persecuted for his faith, right, suffered for living for Jesus. Zach talked about that a little bit last week. And even he has a struggle to go through. Romans 7, that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. And we're going to look at what he writes down. And he, he tells us, hey, I have this struggle going on. It's difficult for me. I keep doing things that I wish I didn't do and what I want to do. I don't do in my life. I just kind of live for Paul, and I don't like it. I don't, I don't like what it's, it's, it's made me become. I mean, he's probably the greatest Christian to walk the earth. I mean, he did amazing, amazing things for God, and he struggles with it. So we can be encouraged today if Paul struggles with it. This great Christian, and we're probably going to struggle too. So this morning... Paul, he tells us this. He tells us what it means to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. In Romans 7, we'll look at verse number 14 first. It says this. For we know 
that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh. And he says this, interesting. He says, sold as a slave under sin. See, it sounds to me from this verse like Paul's saying, hey, we have to give in to sin. We're like chained to this thing. Man, we're a, we're a slave to it. And we have to give in to sin. But he's not saying that. In fact, if you go back to Romans 6, 1 to 2, Paul, he actually tells us that like as a Christian, if you've made the decision to follow God, to give your life over to God, you shouldn't live in that stuff anymore. Like he, he straight up says, like, don't live in it. Romans 6, 1 to 2 says, should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? He says, absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it, still live in those dead things? So before we move on today, we have to make sure we understand this. Paul is, he's not saying as a Christian that you should just stay in your sin, just accept it, it is what it is, and everything's fine from then on out with you and God. He's not saying that. Paul says, I'm the flesh. And what we need to understand, don't, don't think about like the flesh being a single sin. It's that struggle inside of us. That struggle inside of us that is the bad, that opposes God. He's talking about that force that wants nothing to do with God, that wants to stay away from God. And this expression, it points to the weakness that Paul had in the flesh, that he has. And that we all have, we have this weakness where we want to do what's evil or what's bad over what is good and what honors God. And, and he knows this. He knows the Bible says. He knows that it says, you know, that he shouldn't do these things, but he still gives in and does them. He's like, man, this is, this is my struggle. Like, this is, this is where Paul, as a Christian, this is where I'm at. I'm just being transparent, and I'm just being honest with you. He goes on, verse number 15, says this. For I do not understand what I'm doing. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing because I don't practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. It's like, I don't, I don't get why I do what I do. I mean, you ever just do something, just let's just be honest, you're really stupid. You've done stupid things before, right? You've done something really dumb before, right? Okay, and then afterwards, you're like, what was I thinking, right? You're like, why, why did I just do that? Why did I just do that? I mean, we've all done that. Maybe, maybe, maybe you like, if you're a parent, you've asked your kid that before, right? Man, what were you thinking? Hey, like your kid, you know, wants to see how much he grows in like three or four months. And so he decided to take out a Sharpie and like to mark on the wall how much he's growing every month. And you're like, what are you thinking? The only reason why I share that is because that literally just happened last month at my house with my son Baylor. So, like, what are you doing? You got marks all over the wall. So, yeah. See, Paul here, he hits the nail on the head, I believe. And you see, so many times he lets that part of him that wants to oppose God, he lets that part win. That part inside of him that wants nothing, he doesn't want to do anything good. He lets it win without ever thinking about it. I mean, have you ever looked back in your life like Paul and wondered, man, like, about your own actions? Maybe like in the last week, maybe yesterday, maybe even this morning, I thought, gosh, what in the world was I thinking? See, being a Christian, it's not only hard, but it's impossible. Now, hear me out, all right, don't be... Saying I'm like, saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that, okay? But to be a 100% follower of Jesus at all times for the rest of your life until the day that you die is impossible. Because you want to, you want to do what's not right. You don't, you don't want to follow God naturally. So Paul, he says this. He's like, I get that. Hey, Grace Community Church, me too. I'm in the same boat as you. And I know what I want to do, he says. I know what the Bible teaches. I know what I should do with my life. 
I know the consequences for the bad things I'm about to do, and I still choose to do them. Maybe you've already had a bad start to your week or today. You've gotten your fight and gotten a fight with your wife last night or this morning, or maybe you yelled at your kids out of turn. You know you shouldn't have. The whole way here from car ride from the house to church, it was quiet in your van. You came in the doors of church and greeter at the door is like, hey, how you doing? You're like, hey, all good in my home. Everything's fine. And he just lied. Sadly, though, in all seriousness, that's, that's, that's the truth. Every week we have people that come in the doors that have that dilemma going on at home, that struggle, and just put it off like it's not a big deal. Verse 15, I mean, why do, you know, he, he struggles with, I keep going back to those issues, those same temptations he said that I've had for years and years and years. Maybe you've had that struggle. Maybe you can think of it right now. Those, maybe those few struggles that you've had for years and years and years, those temptations that you keep giving into, giving into, giving into. You've committed it to God. You've confessed it to God. You've told your spouse about it. You've told your kids about it. Like, hey, I want to give this to God. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done with it. Then you fail again. But Paul says this. He says, hold up. He's like, hey, same. Like this, I, I got the same issue going on, the, the good and the bad. And I, go, I give in to the bad and what I shouldn't. He says, I have every intention to do what's right. I know the law. I know the word. I know what it says. But I just can't stop. See, we have to understand here as Paul is specifically talking to Christians. So he's talking to us that have put our faith in Jesus. If you're in Christ, then he's now your Lord, which means this. Your sin, it should bother you. It should be like Paul used that really strong word, hate, in verse 15. It, it, should, it should be something that you hate to do, and you hate it. That's what, that's what Paul says. But here's the deal. If you're okay with carrying it and, like, living in your sin, you claim to be a Christian, but you're like, ah, you know, AJ, I'm good with it. I, I don't know if Jesus is really the king of your life. Like, I, I feel like, and Jesus, he died on the cross for your sin. How can you be okay with living in that? See, Paul, generally speaking, throughout Romans chapter 7, he just says this, I don't understand what I do because I, 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 just, I, I just do it. I just do the sin. I don't like it. I don't like what I do, but it just happens. I hate, I hate it, but I do it. And maybe, maybe you've got some things like that in your life, right? Maybe, maybe there's some things... You know, where you're like, hi, I understand that. So some, some, things, some things that are kind of small. Maybe uh, you hate how you feel. And so back in January 1st, you decide to go on a New Year's resolution. You go on a diet, want to lose some weight, want to get in shape. Because you just hate how you feel. You're committed to this new diet, right? You get a membership at the gym, and you're about it, man. You're, you're, you're there for like two, three, four days. You're, everything's going good, right? That first week, man, gym's packed, right? People everywhere in there. Everything's going good. Everybody's happy. Life's going good. And then you come into work on like January 5th or 6th, and the boss got pizza for everybody for lunch. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. You can have one piece. It's okay. Have a piece of pizza. I'll be all right. I've been doing good. I can reward myself. So I have a piece of pizza, right? And then you're like, ah, that just wasn't enough. And so you have two pieces. And the next thing you know, you have like five pieces of pizza, right? You're feeling heavy, and you're like, okay, that probably was the best idea, but I'll get up and I'll. I'll go to the gym, you know, tomorrow morning. You wake up next morning, you're like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I can't. I'm going to sleep in today. Then one day turns the next day, and then you get back off the diet again. And by January 15th, 
you threw in the towel and said, like, forget it, right? The thing that you hate, right? The thing that you hate that you didn't want to do, you did. And maybe, maybe you're like me. Right? You get up early, stay up too late, and every morning you wake up and you're like, why did I go to bed so late? All right, that's like the story of my life, all right? Now, I, I, this just happened a couple days ago. I'm laying in bed. Alarm goes off at 5, 530. I'm like, all right, time to get up, you know, and I'm dead tired. And I, before I get out of bed, I tell myself, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock tonight. No excuses. No, no, we're going to bed 10 o'clock. I got to get some better sleep. I mean, I hate wake up in the morning being dead tired. And then I sit down on the couch at like 930, Next night, and I turn on episode of House Hunters, and I see there's a new one, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it, you know, all right? Watch it, and then that leads to a next episode and a next episode. And next thing I know, it's 1 in the morning, and I'm going back to bed. I am dead tired. All right, the thing that I hate, I'm doing. How about this, though, for all the families, all right? How, how about this? You got your vacation plan, right? You're going somewhere, and you tell your wife, honey, you're like, babe, like, before we leave, we are making a commitment right now. There's not going to be any fighting. Man, it's going to be a happy vacation. There's going to be no stress. We're just, man, we, got, we don't have to work. We don't have to get up early. We just get to enjoy life, right? And then before you get outside the city limits of Tiffin, you're like yelling in the back seat like, hey, kids, like I'm about to turn this van around. You're going back home. Like we're going. How about this? What about some things that may be a little more serious in our life? Maybe some addictions or struggles that we have. What about things like alcohol? I mean, you promised to God and your wife you'd set limits, but you continue to go over those. I mean, you, you hate what that's caused you to become. It caused division between you and God and between your wife and your kids and even maybe caused issues with your job. And you're like, God, please take it away. I can't stop. You do it again. Man, what's wrong with me? And why do I keep doing this? And maybe it's something like pornography. Maybe you know the division that it causes between you and your spouse. You and your relationship with God. Maybe even you and your relationship with your kids. But you continue to look at it again and again and again. Maybe it's something like pride. Always having to be right regardless of you don't care who it hurts. You just want to be right. You lay your head on your pillow that night, and you think, like, what on earth is my problem? Like, why am I acting like this? Why have I become what I hate? I hate it. You ever been there before? I mean, been there this, this week? Were there last night? Paul's saying this. He's saying, I struggle too. I mean, the Christian of Christians is saying, and I struggle with this as well. He goes on, verse 16 to 18. He says this. Now if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. But check this out. There is no ability to do it. And Paul, he keeps coming back to this idea that this, this power that's inside him that always wants to do what's wrong, and like Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jackal, it like controls everything. It controls all, all the good stuff he wants to do. I mean, he's struggling with this. Verse 17, he says that nothing good dwells in him. Verse 18, he says that his real self, it's messed up. It's, it's, it's jacked up. It's off. 
Friend Zach, he gets up here week after week after week, and I appreciate what he says. He says that we are messed up, jacked up, terrible, broken people. You know why? Because we are. I mean, we are. We, we naturally choose what's not good over what is good. It's the truth. It's the problem in our culture is that our culture, culture tells us, no, we're not. You're good. Man, love yourself who you are. Don't worry about it. Like, whatever makes you happy, go for it. The problem with it is that a lot of times that leads to sin in our life. And Zach, he's got up and he's taught before, maybe on our simple heart, and how we should trust God with those areas that we struggle with. And maybe you've prayed, you've promised to God, I'm going to change. I'm going to, God, I promise you, this Sunday and on, it is different. Less than a day later, you mess up. And Paul says, man, that's what his desire was. His desire is to do what's right, but he can't carry it out. C.S. Lewis, he said this, no one knows how bad he is until he has tried to be good. It's truth. Super simple, but it's true. And I hope that what we're talking about today, it, it encourages every Christian here. It doesn't break us down. It doesn't hurt us. I mean, this is the life of every believer in the Bible. There's a, a famous chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11. It's called the Hall of Faith chapter. And in it, you'll find all these great followers of God from the Old Testament. And you'll see some really cool, you know, just dialogues and stories in there. But if you would go with those great leaders in the Old Testament and you would study those out in that Hall of Faith chapter, you know what you'd find out? Not one of them was flawless. In fact, in there you would hear a lot of, if you'd study their stories out, you'd hear a lot of chaos, a lot of sin. A lot of times they messed up. A few of those, just for reference, uh, would be, man, like a guy like Noah. All right, Noah Think about this. I mean, he is like a great example to follow in the Old Testament. I mean, he sought God, was like the only guy in the entire world that was following God, and, and God decided not to wipe out the entire human race because of Noah. What happens with Noah? And he gets drunk and messes up with his family. Moses, this great leader of the, Israelite, the Israelites, right? God used to do some incredible things, this great leader that's going uh, gonna to take them from where they were in captivity and bondage to a place that they could call home and they could worship God as they wanted. It's a great leader. He murders somebody. You got Gideon, didn't have enough faith. Rahab, she was a prostitute. Now, even though this guy isn't in Hebrews 11, but one we've talked about before, how about Peter? Jesus tells him, right, the night before, he's like, hey, you're going to not deny me Three times tomorrow, like tomorrow morning, you're, you're going to do it. Peter's like, no, 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 not me. Like, I wouldn't do that. Not Peter. I would never do that. Even getting warned by Jesus, he still denies Jesus that next morning. But yet with all these people, God decides to use them. How cool is that? Verses 19 to 23 says, For I do not, I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I'm no longer the one that does it, but it is a sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body. And notice what he says here. He says, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner. He's captive, right? He's, he's taken as a prisoner to the law of sin and the parts of my body. I mean, can you feel the struggle here? 
I mean, Paul's like, man, I'm, I'm a prisoner to this sin. Like, I can't get out of it. I've tried. I can't get out of it. I mean, have you, have you felt that struggle before? That struggle that, man, you don't think you're ever going to get over that sin. And he says this. He's like, it's a war that's going on inside of him. Like a war. Now, you guys ever played tug of war when you're like doing field day or whatever, your third, fourth, fifth grade? You done that before? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So let's just say this. All right. It's kind of like tug of war. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. So you know how it goes. You know how it goes. It's field day, you know, 2000. And I don't want to pick on anybody here. So we'll just say 2020. All right. Let's so field day 2020. Last day of school, you got, you, got your, you got your friends out there, and you, you, know, you know how it goes. You got to pick sides, okay? And so you, you, know, you got to get the anchor. So you get the guy that's the anchor. That's the big guy, okay? And he wraps the thing around his waist. Now, I was always a little guy, so I was, never, no, I was never the big guy, all right? So you get that guy. He's out there. He's the anchor, right? He's there. And you get four or five of your other guys, okay? And you know how it goes. You're pulling. Your team, you're pulling, right? And, and there's not a whole lot going on. You're like, gosh, this thing isn't moving. Is it, is it going anywhere? You know, there's nothing going on. But then you guys get, you get a little bit of, I mean, you're fighting with every game. You get a little bit of momentum, a little bit, a little bit, until eventually you guys win, right? Okay, but let's be honest, that's not how it always works, okay? Let's be honest, there's sometimes you get the big guy, he's on the anchor, you get everybody else, and you're out there, and you're fighting, and you're fighting with everything you got, and the, the rope isn't moving. It's not going anywhere, right? And you're fighting, you're like, guys, come on, we got to go, we got, let's go, and, and sure enough, what happens? You lose. That fight, it seems like nothing is happening. You're giving it everything that you've got, and you end up losing. See, I think it's like that in our relationship or in our struggle with sin. It's like a tug of war that's going on. We're fighting with everything that we got. We're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. And it's like the rope is going nowhere except back. I mean, we're struggling, we're doing everything. That's what Paul's saying here. Like, we're, I'm fighting everything I can. I'm, I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to do what's right, but I keep giving in to sin. It's a struggle. He's like, I'm wore out. I'm de- I feel defeated. I feel completely exhausted. He says it's a war. It's a fight. See, if you're not at war internally and struggling with your sin, I don't know if you're a Christian. If you're just okay with the sin that's in your life, I don't know that you have a relationship with God. I mean, if your sin, it doesn't bother you. I mean, think about this. I mean, if your sin doesn't bother you, that's a serious issue as a Christian. To be a true follower of Jesus, I mean, let's think about this. God sent his son to this earth to die on the cross for our sin. I mean, he went through a terrible, terrible death for our sin. And if you're okay with losing the world, yeah, you know, AJ, it's not really a big deal. Like, I, I repeated prayer. I gave my life to Christ five years ago, but I'm, I'm okay with the sin. I'm just going to keep going through it, not struggling with it. No big deal. And if that's your attitude, I challenge you, you better check up, make sure that Jesus is really king of your life. The daily life of a Christian, it's, it's, it's an internal war within us. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, I know what God wants me to do, but I choose what Paul wants most. Again, go back to what he said earlier. He, he's, again, saying, don't be okay with living your sin. Like, don't, don't be okay with that. Don't be okay with that. Struggle with it, but don't be okay with it. Paul makes that clear. The gospel, it should do this in our lives as Christians. As we grow in our relationship with God, we, we learn more about God. We spend more time with him. Around God's people, we, we grow in our relationship with God. As we do that, we see God's greatness and his bigness, his holiness. 
we're gonna see really our, our, our messed up ways. We're gonna see our sin struggle. We're gonna see our depravity, our selfishness, our idolatry. And that gap gets bigger and bigger, right, between how great God is and how awesome he is and how powerful and loving he is and how terrible we are. But what stands in the gap? Jesus and what he did on the cross for our sins. That's what stands in the gap. See, we may lose the individual battles here and there, but there is hope for winning the war. Not through us, not through AJ's ability, not through your ability, it's through God's ability. Let's look at these last few verses. Let me close out. Verse 24 to Romans 8.1, it says this. Interesting wording, what he uses here. He says, what a wretched man uh, I am. All right, it's a, it's a weird word. We'll come back to that in a little bit. He says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind on myself, I'm serving the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Therefore, one of the greatest verses in all the Bible to Christians, all right? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. He says, wretch, wretch man, that I am. This word wretch, all it really means is exhausted or wore out. So think about it like this. Think about it like maybe you've done a workout before that was just brutally intense. It left you laying on the floor, gasping for air. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, wretched man that I am, like I've, I've tried to deliver myself. I am exhausted from trying to deliver myself. I can't do it. I am wore out. He says, messed up man that I am. Paul, yeah, he gets it right. He's messed up. But the verse goes on, the second part of that verse, it tells us, to remember who delivered us. As Christians, they remember who delivered us. Jesus Christ. See, the message of the gospel, it's not a life, life coach. It's not, uh, you know, hey, you've done bad, so do better. Right? Make better choices and you'll be all set and you won't be a bad person anymore. No, the message of the gospel is this. It's not, it is literally that we are sinners that need a savior. We're not mistake makers that need to try harder. We are sinners that needs someone else to save us, being Jesus. See, here's the deal. With Paul, you notice one thing about Paul in all of his letters, he constantly points back to Jesus. Constantly. He's always pointing back to Jesus, what he did for him. We understand, maybe you understand that you're wretched, you're broken, you can't fix yourself. And you need delivered by, by something greater, by God. You've tried and tried, and you just you can't do it. But here's the deal. Isn't this all just the nature of the gospel? I mean, we willfully understand that we give into our sin and that we can't fix ourselves, and it bothers us. And so what do we do? We turn to Jesus and what he did on the cross to fix us. We cry out. Maybe it's you. You need to call it to God. It's a God like, who's going to deliver me? Like, I, I can't stop sinning. I can't stop doing what I want to do. Who's going to deliver me? Jesus steps in. The sin that we hate. The sin that bothers us, like Paul says, man, I, gosh, I hate who I've become. Why have I become this person? He says, Jesus will be the deliverer. So here's the deal. How do we win over sin? And we're like, okay, AJ, that's a great message. Okay, all that stuff. But how do I win over my sin? I need to know. How do I win? If you're like, I, I believe what Jesus did. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. Man, AJ, I trust in that. I'm not trusting it works to be uh, a good person, get myself into heaven, in my relationship with God. Like, it's totally, and what Jesus did on the cross was payment for me. Well, here's the deal. How do you win? You don't win. God wins. He's already won. 
See, we fail, we mess up. What we need to understand as Christians is that our sin, man, it's been taken care of on the cross and we are forgiven. So here's what we need to do from, from now on out. When, when we mess up, we fail. We need to perform what we're gonna call some CPRR, some personal CPRR. Go to the Father, go to God and do these, these four things. Man, confess to God and others. And confess to God and others how, you know, you've sinned, you've messed up. Pray for help and strength. Pray that, man, God helps you to get over these things and you overcome them. Remove the problem from your path. Whatever it is, figure out whatever solutions you have to do, get it out of your path. And last, remind yourself, according to Romans 8.1, that you are no longer condemned. And so in this closing song, you need to stand there in your seat. Stand there in your seat and perform some CPRR. Look back in your life and see those areas that you're struggling with and the areas that you hate in your life that are not good. Man, confess them to God. Pray that God helps you. And think of how you can remove those. Then remind yourself, you are no longer condemned under the weight of sin anymore. And bring it to him and experience the truth that's packed in Romans 8.1. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the day you've given to us. Thanks for just letting us have this time that we can just focus in on your word. And God, I know it's a difficult thing to hear and difficult thing for us to think about. God, those, those things, those sins in our life that we hate. God, but I pray today that you would expose our hearts. God, we would, we would give those over to you because I, I know every one of us that are believers, that are followers of Jesus, man, we have those things in our life, in our heart. That God, we hate, we hate the sin and what it's maybe made us become. And I pray that we would do some CPRR. I pray that we would come to you God, we would give these things over to you and, and remember the promise that you've given to us. That God, we are no longer condemned in our relationship with you. God, I pray you'd help us take the message of Jesus, reach our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors that don't know you. Bring them to grace, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name.